Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Do you hear that? Hear what? I'm receiving some sort of transmission. You don't hear it? No, I don't hear anything. What does it sound like? It's some sort of music. Music? Route it through the main system. Good idea. Routing now. Welcome to another episode of Wookie Radio. It is Derek, Ken, myself, Mike, and uh, I will say Imperial Detention Centers. They're a little drab. <laughs> they're, they're yeah, i heard they're not fun. I don't know. Well, one cool thing is when, when I left, they gave me this little sweet little keychain. <laughs> yeah. But but uh, but I'm wondering if there's a hidden message behind this. Ah, I don't know. You never anyway. Know. <laughs> Um, I've heard their I've heard their trash compactors are pretty spacious though. Uh, we will get to that a little later with with a story <laughs> with Captain Phasma actually, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's a little bit of a tease uh, to uh, the Phasma miniseries coming out as part of Journey to the Last Jedi from Marvel Comics. Okay. Um, which we, we talked about that during the celebration recap. Uh, I will say, y'all were talking last episode about Princess Leia. Not You couldn't remember her wearing a white gown in the in Empire? Yeah, it was the last scene. Final scene on the, on the med ship. Yeah, is where she's wearing it. Yeah, I forgot all about it. So... There was some. Uh, there was some. The you were talking about the droid factory too that wasn't made. Yeah, it was a prototype. It was never actually. According to the um, according to the uh, the the display, it said it was actually a prototype. It was never actually put into production. This is the one where you can make your own like R two D two unit and stuff and C three PO stuff like that, right? I'm not sure. It was um, it was like a center hub with like three um th- things coming off it. Um, are the pictures still up on the drive? I don't remember. No, no, I, I pulled them. Okay. There was a a droid factory, but the one that was in the picture was not the okay. one that was made. Yeah. I was gonna say I, I thought there was one that had various like R two D two parts to it or astromech parts. Yeah, that's not this one. Okay. Yeah, that was a different one. Then this did you get a chance to um look at the pictures before you pulled them down? I did not. Ah, okay. Which was my mistake. Um there was something else y'all were talking about, and I was gonna go, Oh, that and I'm sitting here going, Well that was this that I remembered. I'm not actually recording with you guys at the moment i'm just listening <laughs> but i don't remember what it was it's been one of those days you know han solo said the castle run in 12 parsecs uh, i don't think he realizes parsecs are are a lot slower than than he says they are or maybe they feel that way when when your day just stinks <laughs> Um, so yeah, we got quite a bit to cover. Uh, San Diego Comic Con's right around the corner. Uh, some cool Star Wars exclusives there. Um, 
Who knew that Star Wars almost had a stronger connection to Guardians of the Galaxy than than it already has? Um, of course, we're going to talk some Han Solo, um, and then uh, yeah, you always wondered about those plot holes. Well, we'll talk about that too. So why don't we go ahead and get right into uh, San Diego Comic Con? Oh yeah, um, actually, I have a follow up right on this too. That because um, Funko has some exclusive <coughs> things coming to San Diego, but there's a couple three packs that I got all excited about today when I saw them from Funko. But um, let's go to San Diego Comic-Con first. We, everybody knows San Diego Comic-Con's coming up later this month on July 20th through the 23rd in San Diego Convention Center. If any, but any listeners of Wiki Radio are going to be there, let us know. We could always use con correspondence. Let us know what you saw, where you were at. We, could, we may even have you on the show. You never know. Oh, yeah. But uh, it'd be great to talk to someone who's actually out there. But some of the exclusives that some of the people are bringing, um, anybody who knows Anovos, Anovos makes high-quality, basically, um, cosplay. Well, well, they made the first order trooper outfits for the first uh, for the force awakens oh cool the high-end costume you can basically buy just about any costume from the um any of the set or eight movies now or nine movies coming this year yeah and um most of the costumes you see in there you can get from renovos or at least pieces parts of them yeah. well they're gonna have at um booth 3849 they'll have the incinerator stormtrooper helmet now this is the one with a red stripe regular white stormtrooper helmet with a red stripe down the center and a um red like breather gr- grill on the front and it and- looks kind of now, like I said, this is high end stuff. So the, their helmets are usually what three to five hundred dollars, something like that. Yeah, from that ballpark. So it's not just pocket change usually for their stuff, but their stuff is high quality movie quality. Movie quality, like you said, Mike. They made actually costumes for the Force Awakens. Yep. Um, the next one they had was BioWorld, which um, they, they make a lot of like wallets and accessories and things like that. Well, they're going to have um, an Imperial and Rebel, or they're at booth twenty nine thirteen L, and they're they have Imperial and Rebel leather wallets at fifty dollars. Um, Hoth Rebel Collection from uh, $8 to $70, depending on what it is. If you look, they actually have um, everything from hats to backpacks to purses to, uh, what is that, a cell phone holder, a wallet. Keychains, um, luggage tags. Like, all of them match together. And then they have the Hoth Imperial Collection of the same thing. I love the backpack. Yeah, the ba- that Rebel backpack looks amazing. So it's in um, the Han's blue jacket is what it looks like. I, I love the AT-AT pilots as well. Yeah. My, o- my only problem with it is it's white <laughs> yeah well it's being an imperial at hoth base yeah, everybody yeah. was in white yeah yeah but um up above the wallets they have there those are beautiful they it's basically yeah. they show two wallets here one has the death star it looks like um if you ever seen one of the cross-section schematic like pictures of it that's what it looks like then the other one is a brown leather wallet with the million falcon on it yep so uh, going back to Novos real quick. Uh, okay. The Stormtrooper Commander helmet. This is the Stormtrooper with the white or with the blue tiger stripe down the yeah. the right eye. Three hundred and fifty bucks. And it's an in- interest list is available for it. The Imperial Shot Trooper helmet is three hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah. Um, premium Force Awakens First Order Stormtrooper helmet. Premier line six hundred. Wow. Um, Stormtrooper First Order Stormtrooper helmet accessory two forty nine. Uh, uh, Imperial Shadow Trooper, one fifty. Um, I'm trying to see what uh, and Tie Fighter Pilot, uh, three fifty. Force Awakens Tie Fighter Pilot, six fifty. Uh, Special Forces Tie Fighter Helmet, six sixty five. Uh, Adat Pilot Standard. 550 um snow trooper 249 death trooper 615 scarif trooper 575 uh tank trooper 499 which did yeah, you guys like- rewatching rogue one again 
Did y'all notice that the ADAT pilots in in Rogue One were wearing the tank trooper helmet and not the ADAT pilot helmet? No, I didn't I didn't notice. I'll have to go back and watch. Mm. I did notice, however, that on this article, the helmet is the only thing that doesn't list the price. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if you have to ask, you can't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> now, here, here's another cool one that I saw that they listed, too. Star Wars The Force Awakens Ray salvaged X-Wing helmet accessory. So the helmet that she cool. has salvaged, yeah. you can yeah. reserve it now for 350 bucks. That's cool. That's not bad when you listen to some of the other prices on some of the other helmets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, of course, that's an X-Wing pilot. Yeah. Uh, do they have other X-Wing pilots on here? No, I don't see. But Anobis is a company you can also buy your complete costume for. If you want to be, if you want to um, like join the 501st and you have the cash for it, you can actually buy a complete Stormtrooper armor um, ready to go. As soon as you, you send them your measurements, they'll make it for you and um, or your Imperial Army um, officer, anybody, Jedi robes, any of that, and um, if you have the money for it, they'll send you the complete costume ready to go. You just pull it out of the box and put it on. A do-it-yourself kit, no soft goods, which I'm assuming means no soft, no underside. Yeah, no shirts, no pants, nothing that. Uh, 450 bucks. No pants, I'm down for that. 100 <laughs> <laughs> Too much time with the Jawas? <laughs> um, 200, or 200, 2017 reservation for the, for the 2017 version or offering. It's 450, 450 bucks. Yeah. But they have a premiere. Wait, what's this one? Stormtrooper, uh, Star Wars Imperial Stormtrooper Ensemble. I'm trying to figure out what the difference is. Uh, they want 1800 bucks for, for it. That's going to, that's going to be the complete uh, in the box. All you got to do is open the box, put it on. You're out trooping already. Is that what it is? Probably, yeah. Usually, that's what that that one's going to be. Includes the neck seal, the two piece undersuit, gloves, and size sets. Uh, and of course, the neck seal pro- features the ribbing and bib. So, yeah, yeah. This is for the cosplayer that can um, buy their costume ready to go. Yeah, because which the, I would love to be able to do. I mean, that that's awesome. The the neck seal alone is sixty bucks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, some good yeah, stuff. Yeah, almost like I said, they can um, they'll make full costume. But a lot of times they they focus on stuff that's hard to either um, make at home or hard to just get a hold of, like your helmets and things. Helmets are hard to do at home to actually make them look good. Uh, yeah. Like the the neck seal, like you said there, that's one of those pieces that it's hard to figure out how they did it. And sometimes it's easier just to buy yourself. Now, if you have a makerspace around you with like a vacuum form machine, you can make the armor. Right. But like I said, helmets, that neck seal, some of that stuff is kind of hard to make if you uh, don't know exactly what you're doing. See, I, I want the, the ADAT driver ensemble. Because if I go 501st with anything, it would be, chances are I would start off with the ad, as an ADAT driver. Yeah. 2000 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Get, get, now, the rest of us can understand this, too. Get that past the wife. Yeah. <laughs> well, she she would approve the ADAT driver. She would not approve if, the price. Yeah. Well, she she knows my love for the AT-ATs and the AT-AT drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the fun the fun one is it says footwear is not included because they had that those stupid white moon boots, which yeah. are almost <laughs> impossible to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I did any other, I would possibly consider uh, trooper wise. I would potentially consider the shore trooper or the scarif trooper because I, I just thought was, that was a cool outfit. Yeah, but chances are, if I didn't, I'd just do an imperial officer. So. I don't know if I would do. I would probably go rebel or um, smuggler or something like that. Well, rebel, uh, I I did. I think I'm on the reserved list now for for um, 
Rebel Legion, but I I, I got approved as a Jedi. Uh, cool. If I if I did another one, I would do Rebel. I would do the Rebel pilot. Um, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I would love a next wing pilot outfit, the jumpsuit and everything. But the other one I want too is I want to find one of the original Star Tours costumes from yeah from Disneyland or Hollywood Studios and submit that as a costume <laughs> as an approved costume just to see what would happen because I, I would have fun with that one as well. Here you go. Limited or limited pre-order remaining on Anovos. You can get a Star Wars The Force Awakens First Order Stormtrooper complete premiere ensemble with a helmet and boots pre-ordered for $6,915. I have that right in my pocket. I have actually seen that in person. I have held the Do helmet. You, Kylo, yeah. I've held the helmet. I've held the gun. Oh, the blaster is sweet. Uh, I have checked I've held the chess piece. I, I, it's it's done well. It's absolutely done well. Yeah, Nobus has some, like I said, good stuff if you can afford to go through them. Um, yeah. But moving on with some of these other ones, uh, Delray Books is going to be there because they're all the big conventions. And they're actually going to be at booth 2913F. And they're bringing with them Star Wars Battlefront Two Inferno Squad by Christy Golden. It's a $40 hardcover. It's signed by the author. Yeah. Uh, it has unique cover featuring the video game's deluxe edition box art and includes a case stamp and printed en- printed end papers emblazoned with the Inferno Squad symbol. It's a pretty so, good deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you got to think for a normal hardcover, you're talking about 30 bucks anywhere, between 20 and 30 bucks anyway. Mm-hmm. So for an extra 10, you get all the all the extra added features to this one, now, which is not bad. with Christy Golden, uh, she has also written in the past uh, Dark Disciple, uh, Fate of the Jedi Allies, Fe- Fate of the Jedi Omen, Fate of the Jedi Ascension. Cool. So I need to read the Fate of the Jedi series. I've read parts of it, but not all of it. Yeah. So it sounded like a fun series. Even um, though it's Legends now, it was still I had I had fun with a lot of the books that were post Jedi originally. I, I think it'd be a great series. I, I I haven't had a chance to read it. Me either. So, but moving to the next one, we get Funko, which they don't even say where the booth number is, so they must have a huge well they're you know Funko's gonna have a it's huge Funko. presence here. <laughs> Look for the well, giant one, pop. Yeah. yeah. Well, the first one is they're putting out a Funko 2-pack, $30, which is not bad. It's actually a um, hologram Princess Leia, which is all in blue, and an R2-D2 2-pack. Yeah. That is awesome. And 30 is about what you're going to pay in the store for a 2-pack anyway. Well, between 20 and 30. The 3 right. packs usually are 30 at Walmart. Yeah. That is so, so awesome. And the other ones here, it. the next two are dead on about, they're like 2 bucks more than what you're going to pay in the store. Um, they got Bodhi Rook uh, for 15 awesome. and the Combat Assault Tank Trooper Pop for 15 and yeah, then cool. the last and one then. is $20 the 6 inch um, Supreme Leader Snoke hologram pop <sighs> that is so awesome Still so does not the, help uh, us. Six, still doesn't help us know who is he. Not at hmm. all. And the six inch is the larger size pop vinyl, so that's why he's twenty, which is about what you're going to pay. Because I have um, a couple of the larger pops like that, and they're right about twenty bucks. So yeah. they're not gouging prices for Comic Con. No, yeah, no. that's cool. Um, well, the other one on a side note. What? Go ahead. I want to say we paid fifteen or I think fifteen bucks for Chopper, uh, the Imperial Chopper, when we got okay. it at Celebration. Cool. Yeah, like I said, none of these companies are really gouging the prices on anything. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really um, nice. 
if you go to there's a link I put in at the top of the chat uh, the thing there guys um, for Funko has two new exclusive three packs coming to Walmart that this jumped in my feed today and I was like dude you gotta talk I gotta talk this a little bit the first one is they have the Ewok three pack <laughs> it's Tebow yeah. Chief Trippa and Low Gray now I already have um where is he I already have um Wicket I believe so I was like this would be awesome added addition to the collection and then they're also putting out that one's coming late July then late August Walmart's getting another three pack exclusive of your Bestman collection it's Lobot and Ugnot and a Bestman guard the Black Bestman Bestman guard so okay. it's like Funko's putting out some fun stuff yeah yeah and these three packs are always amazing well we were talking here in my household earlier today that I remember way back when Funko first started we're like you know, it's not that appealing. They kind of look hokey and cheesy. And, and you go back <laughs> and, and look at some. has 900 of them. I don't have 900 of them, but I think they're a lot better looking. Uh, and they've, they've come a long way from the originals. Yeah. But what but, it is, I think everything you get used to, Funko has their own specific style. Yeah. Right. Once you get used to that, all of a sudden it's like, dude, these are really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And they do some really cool characters and stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Not just in Star Wars, but other franchises as well. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm looking at... I have um, Logatha from Vikings sitting here. Vicky's oh, cool. big, big on Vikings. I have Mulder yeah, from X-Files. Um, That's another one for Vicky. <laughs> well, of course, then Funko started that whole Dorb series, which I oh, love yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, and with that, I have Howard the Duck. Surprise, surprise. Of course. And I also have Riddler. Also a surprise. Cool. <laughs> I have my favorite X-Men beast. Oh, sweet. I got a couple of Magic the Gathering characters. I got all kinds of different stuff. One I d- saw that I had to buy no matter what is um, when I was at, thinking of Hot Topic and they had a Stitch. Yeah. Stitch is just a sweet character from Lilo and Stitch. Z- Zoe's got uh, Spider-Gwen, um, both masked and unmasked. Nice. So those are really cool. That's Yeah, Vicky has Sabine Wren with the mask and without. Cool. So that and um, I get the Smuggler's Bounty Box every two months or so. So at some point I, you, we make an unboxing for one of those or an afterboxing. Okay. Because those are yeah, Funko puts some good stuff into those sometimes. Yeah. So, but moving on, we move on to Gentle Giant, another one that um, has some beautiful stuff. Oh. And they're in booth thirty five thirteen. They have the Darth Vader fortieth anniversary bust at one hundred dollars, and the Luke Skywalker awesome. X wing pilot fortieth anniversary mini bust. These are both the mini bus at one hundred dollars. Oh. Also, they both these come with cool. their lightsabers. Yeah, these are chest uh, or from probably the be- the stomach up, um, no arms, but um, with the head, and they actually have their lightsabers. Yeah, sitting on the bottom of the bust. It is beautiful. Yes. Yeah. They're also putting out the Princess Leia hologram statue at $140. That's and once awesome. again, this See, is the prices you're going to buy in the stores for the regular um, General Giant. See, I, I like General Giant. They're not my the, my top fave. I, I'm definitely Code of Bayuka. And I'm, I'm waiting for their exclusive to pop. Um, for San Diego or what they're going to be putting out yeah. for San Diego. But General Giant's got some great stuff. Uh, SciShow does as well. Yeah. So, I mean, they're high end for action figures and stuff, but well, General Giant's usually not action figures. Usually they're the busts and statues and stuff. No. Yeah. They also have the action figures. They're the ones doing the the 12 inch. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. Like the Kenner Kenner figures. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because Celebration, they had the uh, uh, Trash Compact. God, I can't think of the real name. Trash Compactor Monster. The, the Dianoga. Yes, with the foam. Oh, nice. That's <laughs> awesome. So, um, like I said, that's it. General Giant in booth 3513. Moving on, Hallmark is going to be there. 
Eh. In booth 2913R, and they have five different things here. They have the PXL8 pin set, which um, is basically looks like 8-bit versions of um, C3PO and R2-D2 at $12 for the set. Mm, It's not bad. No. Um, The next one, this one I might want to get, see if I can find someone who gets it. If not, um, see if they have a regular version of this in the stores, is an R2-Q5 calendar. And it looks like an R2 unit with the calendar as removable pieces in the front, so you can change the date on it. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, next up, you get the T-70 X-Wing Fighter Keepsake Ornament for 40 Now, anybody who doesn't have um, any of the Star Wars Hallmark ornaments, you don't know what you're missing. Oh, they are awesome. They put out some beautiful ornaments. Yep. They they have coming out, because um, I just picked up their QBs they had at, at my shop uh, for 75% off. So I picked up four of them. Good deal. Okay. And... Um, so I picked up the Keepsake catalog that they had. There's from the classic trilogy, the Death Star, Vader's TIE Fighter, and an X-Wing. And they're so sweet. Mm. Yeah. That's all I, I have a buddy who actually, so um, sweet. I have a friend who actually set up a Christmas tree last year, and all it was was Star Wars ornaments. Yeah, awesome. On one of his I wish, trees. yeah. I wish my wife would let me do that. We're, <laughs> we've been doing like four, the four foot trees. Yeah. More or less. And right now we have one, but I would love to get a second one that I could just do nothing but Star Wars with. Actually, I was thinking of doing what my dad did with his Star Trek ornaments and, uh, I think doing it year round, like stringing up some lights to the ceiling and stuff, and just hanging them off the lights, or just taking, um, take like depending on what your ceiling is made out of, using thumbtacks or tape, and just hanging it from the ceiling the way um, kids used to do with the um, with the actual toys back in the day. You know, how you'd hang the toy from the oh, ceiling, yeah. and it like it's flying. You could do that, but I'm thinking about the ones that are light up and stuff too. Yeah. Oh yeah, the ones you have to actually plug in. Yeah. Okay. Well, Hallmark's not done there. Next up, anybody who's not seen the itty bitties, they're just darn cute. Mm, they yeah. have the Walrus Man. Itty Bitties Plush for 18 and this one actually comes in what um, the Hallmark's version of the classic Kenner packaging. <laughs> I yeah. love that. Um, and then you get the Keepsake promotional buttons as a giveaway. There's five buttons. You get um, Vader's Tie Advanced, original X-Wing, the Death Star, Old Man Luke, <laughs> and you get Princess Leia from the New Hope. So that's a giveaway if you get to there by the time before they get run out of So in other words, you got the first two hours of the show. Pretty much. It's usually, it, they'll probably do it first two hours each day. No, they, they, I, if it's like celebration they'll they'll be they'll be controlled and they'll they'll have certain times that you can pick them up yeah yeah. Mm. Well, next one is um, I'm always disappointed with this company a little bit myself, but that's because they have such cool stuff that, um, that my wife can get, but they don't make anything for men usually. They have like one <laughs> or two shirts they've ever made for men because it's a pair that goes with the women's shirt. And that's her universe, which anybody who doesn't know, this is actually owned or owned and created by Ashley Eckstein, who is yep. who is Ahsoka Tano and anything you've ever seen Ahsoka in. And she and now that they're owned by Hot Topic, they've said they will slowly be um, doing men's apparel as well. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, I remember, I remember um, when this company first started, uh, Ashley was talking about how um, she had started this because there are, and one of the reasons there wasn't any men's clothing here was because there are all kinds of companies that make stuff that basically is just for men. They don't make very much that's actually made for women. So the women had to wear the men's shirts or the men's jackets and stuff. Well, she made this so that women geeks could actually feel the love too. Yep. But they're going to be in uh, booth 2913U, starting off with the AT-AT raincoat, which let me there see if go, I, can, yeah, I can get a bigger picture. 
Oh, that is cool looking. It's a bunch of different colored AT-ATs on a clear raincoat. Yep. <laughs> um, next one, they have the classic athletic pullover. Or that's at $40. The classic athletic pullover shirt, which is long sleeve t- long sleeve t-shirt with the like um, bands around the arms with the classic Empire Strikes Back logo or um, picture. That's at $45. And then you get the Star Wars classic Skywalker ringer tee, which is um, just your regular um, short sleeve t-shirt with, um, it's like a beige with um, brown collar and sleeve collars. Um, that one's sitting at $35 or $30, which if you go to Hot Topic, which is the easiest place to get this, and if you don't buy them online, that's the price you're going to pay for um, her universe. So once again, they're, this is right up where it's supposed to be. Um, next one is the company Jax, which I remember I remember these guys from back in the day watching wrestling. The Jax Pacific used to make all the wrestling toys. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they have the, they're making the big figs, which um, Vicky and I saw at Target the other day. Some of these some of these big figs look awesome. It's the 12-inch action figures. Or, or No, these are 20-inch, because this is a 20-inch Darth Vader movie poster figure for $50. That is cool. Uh, next up is... Um, now, this one's going to hit you right in the wallet. Uh, Nixon at booth 2913J, they have the Boba Fett limited edition watch, which is the khaki green, um, which has got the gold striping on part of the band. It's got the red around the clock face. And it, just, it looks like what it would fit with Boba Fett's thing, but that's going to set you back $2,500. Yikes. But their stuff is so worth it, though. Yeah. Next up is Petco's actually going to be there <laughs> at booth 2913S. And they're bringing a Boba Fett special edition dog toy for $24.99, a BB-8 reversible dog bandana as a giveaway, and a BB-8 bone dog toy for as a giveaway also. <laughs> Next up, anybody who likes your um, different character socks and things, a company called Stance and Booth 2913M has, um, all these are at $20. They have a, Boba, a pair of Boba Fett socks, uh, TIE Fighter pilot socks, Stormtrooper socks, and Darth Vader socks. And these ones, instead of the character being down on the bottom, the character's actually up on your cat, on your um, shin. So if you're showing off your socks, people will actually be able to see what it is. Vicky has a bunch of the um, short ankle socks that are all characters and stuff. You can never see what they are if you've got your shoes on. This is true, too. So, But that's the exclusives that we have so far. And before, as we get to, towards Comic-Con, it's probably going to last or get a lot more of them. Yeah, this was as of June 26th. Well... If you, uh, I'm trying to find it because we interviewed in the early days of Weeby Geeks. We interviewed Ashley Eckstein. We need to get her back on here then. Have her, she's not been on our show yet. Indeed. I'm trying to find where she when she came on. I don't remember. Ah, episode 38. That's when she came on. That was a while long, ago. Long time ago. <laughs> Believe it or not, September 14th, 2013. Mm. So, so yeah. So that Nixon's got some great stuff. They, they've, they've yeah. had some amazing backpacks as well that are wonderful. Um, now with, with BioWorld, y'all seen like the, the X-Wing pilot backpacks? Oh, yeah. 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 There's like two different variations. They're the company that makes those. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you go to Amazon and type in Star Wars backpack, most of the backpacks are going to be theirs. Because they, they okay. also had a really nice Rogue One backpack that was kind of based around Jen. That was, that was super nice. So, um, 
Well, why don't we go ahead and move on to Star Wars and Guardians? Since we're kind of teasing. Indeed. Indeed. It's a, uh, uh, might be a little known fact that Darth Vader himself almost made a cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy as an action figure. So, uh, Kevin Feige was, uh, speaking to Mashable, Spider-Man Homecoming, Homecoming Junket, and, uh, he explained that he'd originally planned to include a certain Star Wars toy as a plot point. He said, uh, always we wanted to reveal at a certain point in the movie that Peter Quill was a human from Earth. And for a long time, I really thought it was going to be the greatest thing in the world that you're in a spaceship and he's talked to one of the alien characters and he knocks over his bag and one of the alien characters bends down and picks up, picks it up, and it was a Darth Vader action figure and goes, what's this? Uh, so that could have been interesting. Could have been fun. Uh, they thought it would be a, a fun little wink to Peter's 1980s childhood. But instead, James Gunn had a different idea. Uh, he said, uh, to make a long story short, James Gunn was basically like, I got a better idea. What if he had a Walkman and listened to music? And it was like, oh, that's a million times better. Because <laughs> the Star Wars thing was just a nerdy reference in a single moment. And obviously, the conceit of the music defined the entire movie. So. It would have been kind of fun to see a little Darth Vader action figure pop out yeah. of his bit. That would have been interesting. Um, that could have led to an interesting moment. But I agree, that probably would have just been a moment in the movie. And definitely the music was almost its own character in the movie. So I guess, oh, yeah, James, Gunn made, I guess James Gunn made a good choice there. I think so. I think so. But still, uh, what could have been? What could have been? Well, speaking of what could have been, this was an article I found over on Comic Book Resources, or now CBR.com. Uh, it's the title of it, Star Wars, 10 Movie Plot Holes Explained in the Comics and 5 in the Books. Uh, and, and this is what I found intriguing. Um, since, you know... Is is they you know we now know the Marvel comics and every book that has come out since starting with was it Kenobi no no New Dawn <clears throat> was New that Dawn the, fir- was the first one was that, yeah. that was yeah. the first and one. actually okay. there was a couple of short stories in um, Star Wars Insider that were actually out a month a couple of months before New Ho- New Dawn okay um. Yeah, you know, as we know, all of that's canon now, and, and there's you know the expanded or the extended universe, which is now legacy. Which I, I know there's the purists are saying that needs to be brought back, listed as canon, um, but it's not. So the so the get point, over it. So the quit. So here's here's where they go first. Why didn't Darth Vader recognize C3PO? Um, now of Could course, it be because he looks like every other protocol droid out there. Well, the, the the thing is, he does recognize C three PO. This was this was solved um, back in Star Wars Tales number six, titled "Thank the Maker." This is um, after they arrive on Cloud City, and they. C-3PO is pretty much shot. Um, Vader, in a rare moment, picks up the droid's head, touches it to his own, and recalls the memories of his mother in building the unit on his home planet. Um, so I I, th- I thought that was kind of cool. Um, second one, why didn't 
Chewie get a medal. Uh, of course, we know at the end of Star Wars, or as some people will say, A New Hope, uh, Luke and Han are presented with medals, but Chewie is not. Well, thankfully, this gets corrected, or, or this injustice gets rectified in Issue 5 of Marvel's Chewbacca miniseries. Uh, following the destruction of the Death Star, Chewie befriends a human girl, Zaro, on an outer world, outer rim world in danger of being taken over by the Empire. After saving Zaro's father from some local thugs, the pair have gone separate ways. Disheartened, Zaro asks for a memento of their time together. Chewie offers her a medal that looks very similar to the one Leia presented Han and Luke. Chewie explains to Zaro that he doesn't want it as it really doesn't fit his warrior look. So I guess that means he did get a medal, we just never saw it for some reason. Correct. Um, it, it was mailed to... <laughs> Yeah, they didn't have a one with long enough strap yet. They were still waiting for the strap in the mail. Amazon hadn't showed up yet. Yeah. So when he puts it on this kid, it, it drags on the floor behind her. Pretty much. Sure. <laughs> um, number 13, when did Darth Vader learn Luke was his son? Well, we find out, actually, it, it happened fairly quick. Now, with Star Wars... With the Star Wars title written by Jason Aaron, uh, it's issue two that we find out that Vader f- discovers that the, the person who destroyed the Death Star was Luke Skywalker. And, of course, hearing that name, how could he not know that that was his son? Yeah. Well, if you listen to it, well, who was it? George Lucas originally said Skywalker is a very common name in this galaxy? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> like Smith or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so... During that time, um, the, you know, Vader t- takes Luke's lightsaber, recognizes it as his own. That's not enough to convince him. So he enlists Boba Fett to, to gather further intel. Um, in number in issue six, the bounty hunter returns to Vader with a name, Skywalker. Unsurprisingly, Vader is not thrilled with this news. Uh, so now we got why is Finn so good using a lightsaber if it was his first time? Uh, we see in this gets explained a little bit in in issue twelve of the Star Wars title of the current Star Wars title. Um, yeah, of course, during the original trilogy, we see Han also pick up the lightsaber during um, during the Haas sequence. But in issue 12, it sees Han, Leia, and Chewie using the staple weapon to get out of a sticky situation while on a mission to rescue Luke from a deathly gladiatorial arena. Chewie is even a dual wielder. Apparently, much more plucky hero can pick up a lightsaber and do an okay job with it. How yeah. does well in theory it's basically just a sword. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, you, the Jedi make it that themselves that's you know that's part of their Jedi training but but it is just a, basically a laser sword that they can now you'd, Yeah, you'd have to get used to the like the weight and stuff like that because it's Right. Yeah. Um, obviously oh, yeah. going to be it's not going to be as heavy as a normal blade. Well, right. l- look at Grievous. Grievous wasn't a, a Jedi either or exactly. even Seth. He, uh, he just wielded lightsabers cuz he liked them. Yeah. Um now number 11, of course we're counting up. How can Ray understand Wookiees? And they spelt Wookiees wrong. I'm just saying. <laughs> um the answer be found in an illustrated book called Ray's Survival Guide, which kind of serves as a kind of diary of Ray's solitude time on Jakku. She goes, I practice alien languages and droid speak, so I can speak to people in Nima, she she explains. Then she goes on to heavily imply that she learned Wookiee speak from the Wookiee traders in Nima. 
I'd heard of Chewbacca from some of the Wookiee traders who would stop off at Jakku. They said he was an amazing hyperspace scout and smart smuggler with a reckless human first mate who always gets him in trouble. <laughs> I love that. So the truth comes out. <laughs> um, why would Vader and the Emperor try to recruit Luke if there could only be two Siths at one time? No. I thought they kind of explained that in in uh, Return of the Jedi. That Wasn't it alluded to that if Luke switched sides, he was going to kill Vader anyway? Well, they, they said directly, the Emperor said, um, kill your father and take his place on my side. Right. Yeah. So, so that and uh, if you watch, if you actually watch anything other than just the movies, the Sith always have a, one or two apprentices sitting back in the w- wings, waiting to take the spot of the main apprentice. Right. Oh, we we saw that all throughout Clone Wars. I mean, mm-hmm. there was a couple of other guys that weren't technically Sith, but they were still Sith. L- look at Dooku with Asanji Ventress. Yeah, Asanji Ventress. Um, if you go into the games, uh, look at Force Unleashed. Dark Killer was Vader's apprentice. Yep. Yep. So, did Obi-Wan ever meet Luke before A New Hope? Well, they... Didn't they kind of allude to that? In, yeah, that's another in one they talked about. Old Ben. Oh, are you replying to Old Ben? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, he was the guy that um, that Uncle Owen had chased off the farm a couple times, remember? All right. Yep. So, it's one of those, like, come on. I mean, even, even in Star Wars, they say, I wonder, you know, after Luke sees the hologram of Leia, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're, you're my only hope. Yeah, he, 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 as he's sitting down at dinner with the family, you know, with Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, he makes a comment. Do you think he, she might mean old, old Ben? So, yeah, I, that was already explained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that um, one was never an issue. So the, so the next one was, how is Leia able to remember her mother? Now, this isn't going to be what this says there, but I was always, um, I always thought, I'd seen it somewhere, that um, the, th- the prevailing theory was that Leia was actually remembering Bail Organa's wife, who had died very, when she was very young. So she remembered her adopted mom, not realizing that it wasn't her actual biological mother. Right. That makes sense. Now, um, of course, to remember Padme, she was a newborn, so there's no yeah. way those kind of details could be committed to memory. Um, but while the plot hole is hard to fix, the Princess Leia solo series um, hinted at Leia's strong force sensitivity, and the answer could be found could possibly be found in issue two. While on her mother's home planet of Naboo, Leia passes an archway bearing the image of the Queen, and for a second thinks she sees the Queen's face turn to look at her. Kind of spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one the one I heard is almost more plausible. Right now, why didn't Obi Wan ever visit Luke on Tatooine? Well, he this is he, just a re- working with the same question we already talked about. Right. Um, We see this in issue 15 and issue 20 of of Star Wars, and and it's pretty much, it's Uncle Owen that said he he doesn't want Luke going going down the same way as his father, and he blames Obi-Wan for for Anakin, for what happened with Anakin. Um, Number number six, how was Rey such a good pilot if she never left Jakku? Flight simulators. (laughs) Um, In the uh, the young adult novel, novel Star Wars before the Awakening we're given a lot more information about what Rey got up to on Jakku apparently her skills as a pilot came from the years of practicing on a flight simulator she cobbled together from the computer parts salvaged from crashed ships cha-ching I just was joking and took a guess and that ends up being the reason <laughs> hello let's go with the obvious 
Um, why did Vader suddenly betray the Emperor? Uh, well, that's the that's actually a main plot point of um, story with the Return of the Jedi. The whole redemption of Anakin Skywalker explains this. Well, it Luke also, actually, through love, changed Vader. This is also um, the. It also lies in the in the first Darth Vader series from Marvel. Um, yeah, and of course it takes place between a new hope and an empire or I'm sorry, star Wars and empire and reveals that Vader is a lot more, uh, duplicitous than the films lead us to believe. Um, over the course of the series, Vader engages in all kinds of off the book activities behind the emperor's back and even succumbs to recalling tender moments from his life as Anakin. Uh, writer Karen Gillian said that the seed was for all the seed for all this was sown after Vader discovers the emperor kept Luke's Existence a secret from him. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I like that. I mean, that, that that's the way they're going to do it, and they're going to let it that way, and that's fine. But I like the idea that um, it took Luke the love of his son to actually change him. Well, he well was ultimately, straight it up still Darth did. Vader. Well, yeah, but yeah, they're but, but like, they're not they're not talking. They weren't talking about changing him. It, it's uh, what is it again? W- why did he just did Vader suddenly just betray the Emperor? Yeah, it, it was building for a while. Right. See, I don't know if so. I like it that way. I like I like it being a totally sudden thing that Luke finally got through to it. Yeah, but but we see it a little bit too, though, with um, Force Unleashed, which is not canon. You know, yeah. why would why would he go and get his own apprentice to kill the Emperor? Well, that's actually to betray the that's Emperor. A Sith thing. That's exactly. straight up Sith. The Sith have always been like that. The, um, the how do you become the Dark Lord of the Sith by killing the one before you? So at some point, you know, when you're um, a master and you're training your apprentice, he is going to kill you at some point, or he's going to try to. Yep. Uh, number, that's why the apprentice always has an apprentice waiting. Number four, what's with C-3PO's red arm? Here we go. <laughs> go check out. Mike's favorite ship or um, comic ever made. Go check out that, <laughs> that very expensive free comic day book, and you'll get the answer. Uh, it, it was... <laughs> The, the answer comes in the C-3PO one-shot, which was... Which actually was a pretty... I thought it was a pretty good story. It's just it was ridiculous what, it came, what we had to go through to get it. Right. It was four and a half months late. And, That's what I said. And if lost, it had come out the normal right time, it wouldn't have been as bad. And right. lost its relevance. They and by that point, you didn't they, care anymore. They should have just waited three more weeks and turned it into a free comic book day book. Yep. So... Um, how did, or how did Finn defect so easily? Well, he's humanoid. That's why. Um, in the Star Wars Before the Awakening novel, details of Finn's earlier life as a stormtrooper makes his eventual betrayal of the First Order seem inevitable. Despite marking in the top 1%, um, his superiors noticed that he had one huge flaw, compassion. Mm. Also, also very telling is the revelation that Finn was the only member of his squadron not to get a nickname from his from his peers. So, how did Poe survive and get off of Jakku? Well, in the novelization, The Force Awakens, it, it fills in a lot of the blanks. His escape relies on help from Jakku locals. Um, after that, an alien called Naka assists him in actually getting off-world and back to the Resistance base. And the final plot hole, how did Rey become such a strong Force user so fast? Because she's unnatural. This has been um, a source of contention for many fans. The, the first clue comes in the title of the film, The Force is Awakened with Ray. Um, the answer to when this happens is heavily implied 
in the film's novelization. In the book, during the scene in which Kylo Ren tortured, torturously tries to um, break, break, or you know, get into Ray's mind, the description suggests that he unwittingly unlocks her force potential. This is backed up when Ray suddenly goes on, goes from struggling in pain to being able to resist and even fight back against him. It's almost like a light switch went off. <laughs> so. So yeah, those are the plot holes. <coughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Some don't know. Um, some of them, like C-3PO, don't care <laughs> at this point. And some of them actually really <coughs> the plot holes to start with. If you actually, yeah, when you actually watch the films enough, yeah. So, so I don't know. I mean, the story. I mean, I found it to be an interesting story, yeah. but some of it was definitely a stretch. I, I, th- I think I think some. Of it. Do that because this is this was one of those articles where for each one of these points you had to click to another page and get more ads on those pages. Yeah, you want to have as many pages as you can to click. What are you saying, clickbait? No, they wouldn't do anything like that, would they? Well, Never. I guess, I guess we. I guess we just helped them out. That's right. But no one, no one helped Captain Phasma out of the trash compactor. Indeed, when when uh, we last saw Captain Phasma, she was about to be thrown down a chute and into the trash compactor by Han, Chewie, and Finn in The Force Awakens. That's what happens and when then, you talk trash. You get taken. <laughs> out. Oh, oh, and then. Uh, yeah, and then, uh, <laughs> and then, um, it you made me lose my chain of thought. <laughs> and then we learned we we learned in the trailer for the Last Jedi that somehow Captain Phasma survived the trash compactor and the explosion of Starkiller Base. So we will learn in the previously announced Marvel comic miniseries Captain Phasma, oh, which is part of so Luke, great, I don't know, which is part of Lucasfilm's journey to. Star Wars, The Last Jedi, uh, they are going to tell the story of how Phasma escaped. The four-part comic series will chronicle the First Order Captain's breakout from Starkiller Base before its explosion and bridge the gap between the new film and The Force Awakens, which will be good. And it would also be good if... There we go. Uh, So series writer Kelly Thompson shared some details about the story, and Entertainment Weekly shared her revelations. She said the Star Wars films with so many fantastic characters obviously can't be a, a Phasma story. Well, actually, it could be now. Um, yeah. And it's especially cool that Phasma is getting explored in depth in both her forthcoming novel and comic book. Most exciting thing to me about our miniseries is that we were given the awesome responsibility of bridging a gap between Force Awakens and Last Jedi, of answering the question of what happened to Phasma after she went into that trash shoot. Anytime you get to write official Star Wars is pretty incredible, but getting to decide what the link is for a super intriguing character in some of the most epic movies of all time is next level. So the book is written by Thompson, illustrated by Marco Cicero, yep. and first issue is coming out in September. The yep. novel that Thompson referenced, titled Phasma, was written by Delilah S. Dawson and also hit show- shelves in September. And they have a few images in this article, and it looks fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing some what? of these images. Well, we didn't see images. We saw the cover. Right. And even, even the cover is like, oh, my Lord. 
gotta have it. Well, I'm a big fan of the artist, so I'm pretty happy about this. I'm very excited to read this. Yeah, it's gonna Anyhow, be great. It'd be nice to get some more info on Phasma. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I would like to get some more info about Han Solo. Yes. We all. Well, everybody at this point knows that the Han Solo movie has a new director. The official statement from Lucasfilm, this happened uh, two, three weeks ago, but, um, or actually, was this last week? Uh, yeah, it was last week, because we were thinking about doing the show, but um, the official statement was, oh, yeah. the untitled Han Solo film, this is actually a statement that was on StarWars.com, regarding the Han Solo film. The untitled Star- Han Solo film will move forward with a directorial change. Uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller are talented filmmakers who have assembled an incredible cast and crew, but it's become clear that we had different creative versions of this film, <laughs> and we've decided to part oh, ways. No, a new director will be announced soon, Kathy Kennedy says Kathleen Kennedy, um, president of Lucasville. And then um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller put out a statement saying, unfortunately, our vision and process weren't aligned with our partners on this project. We normally aren't fans of the phrase creative differences, but for once, the cliche is true. We are really proud of the amazing and world-class work on our, um, of our cast and crew. So, um, as of right now, the movie still stays on, is still on the schedule for May of 2018. Um, now, we do know since this has been released that um, Kathleen Kennedy tapped uh, Ron Howard to actually step in and do the movie, which um, recently, he's not done a lot of sci-fi or fantasy or anything that seems like this genre, but if you go back to the 80s, you gotta remember, he directed Willow and Cocoon back then. Yes. And he's no stranger to um, big-budget blockbuster films either. And he... Um, he's even got a couple, at least one, if not more, um, Academy Awards. So he he's got he knows his stuff. And the thing is, the way I've heard it talked around back and forth all over the place, it sounded like Lord Miller is just the way they were doing it wasn't a Star Wars movie. Because no matter what, you can have as much creative freedom as you want. Because if you talk to all the other directors that have done these movies, all of them talk about how it's awesome, how much creative freedom they're actually getting. They can make uh, this movie, this Star Wars movie, the way they want. But the the um, operative phrase there is, "This is a Star Wars movie. It still has to be a Star Wars movie, no matter how." what direction you take with it. Right. It has to fit in the universe with certain rules that can't change. Right. It sounds like these guys just could could not work in that framework. Well, well the hard. word is they wanted they wanted to make it like an Ace Ventura type comedy. And that, that's hard to do in a Star Wars universe. And don't do it with Han Solo. Yeah. But yeah, that's another thing. Han Solo is not a slapstick type comedy. He's a, no. he's funny, but it's a sarcastic type funny. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, and the thing with bringing in, um, what's his name? Um, Ron Howard. Ron Howard is you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a solid, well-made movie. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I can't think of off the top of my head any duds that he's made. I mean, some of them don't make as much as others, but none of them have been just a terrible movie. This is true. He knows what he's doing. We hope. And now, like I've heard elsewhere, where are we going to see Clint Howard in this movie? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> also, the other thing is, Ron Howard said he is actually he is a big fan of the movie, so of Star Wars. So yeah. Well, like I That's said, go back to go back to Willow. He was working with George. Lucas on Willow. Right. Um, also, it's come out that he was, um, just like Carrie Fisher, he was actually helping do some of the script doctor work on episodes one. Or episode one. Ah. So, George Lucas was bouncing ideas off of him already back then. Okay. So. Well, this is going to kind of bring us towards the end. Uh, it is a new month. It is July. And let me see. We have coming out book-wise. There's a good, good long thing of, of books. On Wednesday, we have Rogue One number four, uh, which is number four out of six from Marvel, along with Star Wars number 33. Um, 
Also, two, uh, Star Wars Volume 5, Yoda's Secret War. This is a trade paperback. It collects, uh, issues 26 through 30 and Star Wars Annual Number 2. Uh, the second printing of Darth Maul Number 3. Wow, Darth Maul getting second printings. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I'm trying to think. Uh, issue 1 of Star Wars got third printings, I think. Um, I think Princess Leia got some second printings as well. I'm not sure. Um, all that's coming out July 5th, the day after 4th of July. I I know math. It's not common core. <laughs> um, <clears throat> coming out Tuesday the 11th, we got Star Wars box set, World of Reading Level 2. So those of you with younger kids, these are great books to help help improve their reading skills and actually get them a little further up to speed, especially for the summer when the kids kind of lose those skills a little bit because they're not actively doing it a lot. Um, also, too, you have a Star Wars dot-to-dot activity book coming out, which... Yeah, they're not just for kids. Adults will like them too. That's right. For the young and the young at heart. I got this week Marvel's Color Your Own Star Wars. Ooh, oh, it's great. Uh, So Wednesday the 12th is New Comic Book Day. Uh, Darth Vader number three. Um, Karen Gillian bringing us Dr. Aphra number nine, which I'm loving the series. Karen Gillian has become my new favorite writer. (laughs) I I now want to see, go back and and get what some, some of the other titles he's done for Marvel if he has just to see because I, I loved what he did with Vader uh, the current Vader series is being headed by Charles Soule who I love his work as well so uh, Tuesday the 18th we've got Star Wars on the front lines um, Wednesday the 19th we have Darth Maul number 5 to wrap up the series uh, and then Poe Dameron number 17 this was a series that was really supposed to just last a year and <laughs> Uh, is now going on to book 17. It's, it's had that great of a response. It has become the Energizer Bunny. Yep. Uh, on the 25th, as we talked about earlier, uh, Christy Golden with Inferno Squad. Uh, of course, it's first going to be released at um, that weekend before at, at Comic-Con. Also on the 25th from Titan is Star Wars A New Hope, the Collector's Edition. Uh, this is a hardback book. Uh, it's behind-the-scenes souvenir special uh, to be the, to the very first Star Wars movie and detailed character profiles of Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie, Ken- Kenobi, Vader, and many others. Also on the 25th is Star Wars Super Graphic. Um, this is a from a Venn diagram of Yoda's idiosyncrasies to organizational chart of the Empire. Super Graphic <laughs> shines a new light on the much adored universe. Equal parts playful and informative. So that that could be <laughs> interesting. <a> cool idea. <laughs> Uh, to wrap up on the 25th, Jedi Academy number five, The Force Oversleeps. It's, uh, Zoe's got one of these, um, one of these books and she says she likes it. So I need to sit I down and read it myself. The first two, because the first two in this series, remember, were, um, uh, Darth Vader and his son and, um, Darth Vader and his daughter, I believe. Oh, yeah. Um, this is the same, uh, this the is same, the same writer from those books. It's the same writer, but he actually has done a series of Jedi Academy. Yeah. So, uh, um, actually, I got Darth Vader and his little princess for Father's Day. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the second one. Um, and then to wrap up the month, we have Dr. Afro number 10. Um, the Epic Collection, the original Marvel Years, Volume 2, uh, in a paper, paperback graphic novel from Marvel. Um, of course, 
this has got uh, the creators on it. It's Mary Jo Duffy, Archie Goodwin, Michael Golden, uh, who is the artist on a lot of it. Chris Claremont, who wrote some of the titles. Oh, cool. So, um, and then the second printing of Darth Vader number one comes out. And after that, we'll be going into August. So those are our books, books and comics for the month of July. Pretty impressive list. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming out. Yeah. So, well, the ne- we will remind everyone of all these books next show, minus one week, because that week has already passed. Mm-hmm. So, any final thoughts since we are at that point in the show? Nope. I think, well, going back to the Han Solo, I think we're in pretty good hands with this one. I think right? so. It agree. sounds like yeah, they may have so. to do some, they may have to um, do some real playing with it to get what, because they're what, about three quarters of the way through shooting? I don't even think they're that far. But yeah, I'm wondering, I'm it's sure. like, why, how did they get this far and not then finally realize what was going on with these guys? Was someone not paying attention to start with? Uh, <coughs> sort of. That actually, well, that uh, would have been some of it. Uh, the whistleblower w- was Aldrin Enrich himself. Yeah. He's uh, the one who went and yeah. complained. Right. I, I don't think my my character is asking the right questions. Sorry. Yeah. It's been juror. Well, also, I think this, <laughs> um, this may be actually a symptom of um, them trying to put too much too quick. While everybody's focusing on the Rogue One, they were already writing the script and getting ahead, ready to move ahead on this. Yeah. And um, it, The Last Jedi's not even out, and they're already filming the next movie after that so it's like all the focus is on the last jedi while these guys are behind the scenes doing you never know what they're doing right well if they wanted to write a comedy they should have pitched tag and bink are dead yeah <laughs> and then bring them back into canon so uh any other final thoughts Nope. Uh, just remind everybody, anybody who happen who might be going to that's listening to us and might be going to San Diego Comic Con, let us know. Yeah, and buy us stuff. Well, that too. <laughs> My birthday's or coming I, I up. Out there, anybody going to any of the conventions that has a Star Wars presence, let us know. The, um, let us know what how how it goes on and what happens. Yeah, and, send, and you can, send us an email. At, what is it? WookieRadio at, at gmail dot com. No, send us an email at Wookie at WookieRadio Oh, that's it. Ah, yes. So, or or hit us up on Twitter at Wookie Radio or on Facebook at Wookie Radio. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, we're not always able to get out to everything. So, well, if that's going to wrap it up, I'm just going to leave us with this little bit. This little bit to help strengthen this. This little quote to help strengthen your will. There is more than one sort of prison, Captain. I sense that you carry yours wherever you go. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2.